Cheers, y'all. Getting better every time. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcasted video extravaganza known worldwide as the internationally famous Smoking and Toasting. <laughs> Welcome to the show, show number 244. Ooh, halfway, halfway to 300. 300. Yeah, we are uh, all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And we welcome you to our program, which is brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. Great shirts for cigar lovers on the web. You can check them out and uh, and find one that fits you at uh, MyCigarShirts.com. It's also great for uh, gifts. A lot of, I know a lot of people... A lot of people in my uh, realm and circle seem to have birthdays coming up, ah. and for, so for those who are cigar fans, it's a it's a great, it's easy. You can order it, get it, you know, and and have it for them, and. It's one of those things where you don't have to spend a lot of money, but you get something that makes an impression. You know what I mean? Right. And, yeah. and, and if you're wondering when my birthday is, it's already passed, but if you want to give me a birthday present in exile, oh, then okay. it's just fine. Well, I, I did take care of you for your birthday, did I not? <laughs> you did, absolutely. Okay. okay. <laughs> I just, just want to make sure. I was sure. talking to the audience. Because, oh, I got, I got you. I got you. I, I mean, got you're you. the only one here I got to look at, really. Uh, I understand. Well, there's Adam, you know. Uh, so. well, yeah, but he's, uh, I see a screen and then oh, okay. the only part of his face. See, I, there we go. I have a view of Adam, and then, and then I can see the... The a switcher screen uh, behind him, which has the four um, the four different uh, video views. There's one of me. There's one of you. There's one of you and me. And then there's one of the real star of the show, Mr. Twirly Mr. Twirly Yeah, who the makes his return loves. because it's you and me in the studio today. Now, um, our um, legal expert and buddy Trey Boring was actually uh, originally scheduled to be with us. That had to be moved. He's going to be on at a later time, uh, which I'm a little bit bummed about because I really wanted his take on what's going on with the uh, with the cigar legislation. Yeah, I was looking forward to the How news. badly we are screwed if well, that's the case. And, there's that. Uh, so I uh, anyway, we'll we'll get him to update us soon. And uh, just you know, in absence of him being here, let me encourage you guys to do two things. That we would be talking about if Trey were here. The first is Cigars for Warriors. If you can get involved in helping those guys out, they send cigars to our active duty military men and women who are stationed abroad and may not be in a position where they can just run down to the corner store and buy some. You know, so it's a it's a really uh, it's something people really thank the uh, Cigars for Warriors people for in a big way. It makes a huge difference when those boxes arrive. And there's a number of different cigar shops around the country where you can, uh, you know, drop something in, make a donation, or you can find them on the web. A lot cigars of cigar shops Warriors. have that. Yes. Uh, have that bin where you can buy some cigars and put them in and, there. And put one in there, yeah. Mm -hmm. Put one in there, put a pack in there, whatever, you know, however yeah, you I mean, feel. Yeah, I mean, even if you're just buying a box and the cigar shop supports that, you can take a cigar or two out of the box. Yeah, you know? yeah. Toss it in the, uh, toss it in the receptacle. It's, it's like giving it's them a to a friend. To and then the other, of course, is Cigar Rights of America, yeah. which is the organization that fights for people like you and me. You know, the, uh, the organizations that are working really hard to try and impose ridiculous taxes on our cigars and 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 put uh, uh, make it to where smaller cigar shops may even have to go out of business those people have lobbyists highly paid lobbyists in Washington DC that are lobbying the senators and the congressmen for their portion of the cause cigar rights of America is one of the only organizations then they are organized that gets out there and represents 
the uh, wishes of people who enjoy smoking cigars, like yeah. you and me, and like hopefully everybody listening to this program. So, well, and, and the big problem is, you know, <laughs> I, I love smoking cigars. You love smoking cigars, but there's a whole bunch of people out there who who feel like anything smoking is all the same, right? You know, that's the same as cigarettes, it's the same or as cigarettes, cigarettes same or whatever. As anything else like that, and and cigar smoking is very different. And then on top of that, they're like, well, they're smokers. Who cares? You right. Know? Exactly. Like, they're all just the same thing. It's one of the last great prejudices that you can have in society today. That's pretty amazing. It's against smokers. Yeah. Because if you, uh, you know, if you are of a particular ethnicity or a particular body type or a particular um, way that you identify uh, sexually, we're to a point in our culture that it is really taboo to be, you know, judgmental about that. And Mm -hmm. rightly so. But people have to but find something smokers. to be de- judgmental about, yep. so they're going after smokers. Anyway, uh, those of us who are uh, smokers of uh, cigars, it's a completely different thing also than people who are regular cigarette smokers or, or whatever. So anyway, um, support Cigar Rights of America because they support you. And that's what we would be saying if Trey were here, and we'll say it even though he's uh, not with us this week. Yes. So without Trey coming in, Ian, we had to, I had to throw a show together. And I think you're going to like what I came what'd, up what'd with. What you come up with this uh, week? Today, we will have our very first ever smoking and toasting stout blind taste test. Oh, now that sounds fun. Yeah, this sounds like it's right up your alley. I like stouts. Now, uh, the thing about stouts, though, is because they are so often very large, and by large I mean high ABV, there's no way I could traipse in here with 16 different stouts and have a sample of them all Aww. and make it home. So, so we're going to do six. We'll do three segments. With two no, apiece. No, six is good. We'll I'm, AB I'm them. It'll give us a chance to really do a nice AB comparison, which I thought would uh, would work well for this particular But there's genre. six of them, so that's an A, B, C, D, E, F comparison. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> well, 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 we'll AB them in, in each segment, and then you'll you'll pick your three favorites out of the, out of the whole thing, of which may or may not be your number one from each of the segments, depending on you Well, know, you know, you I like the idea. If we save a little bit of each one, then we can A-B each segment, and then we can A-B-C the three that we like oh, the best. Oh, see, there you go. That, that will see, probably I'm work. innovating. Because some of these stouts are in big bombers. We're going to have a lot of beer left over today, so I hope you're thirsty. <laughs> I already told the guys out in the office, hey, we're doing a stout taste test. going to be a lot of stout left there's, over. Yeah, there's so. going to be some tasters. In addition to that, I picked up a very interesting bottle about two weeks ago at my friendly neighborhood spec store. It is a bottle of Bacardi Reserva rum that is a spec select barrel bottle. There's not a lot of information on it, but you can clearly see the Bacardi logo there, and uh, you can see where it says specs. And this is, uh, and more and more, um, you know, liquor retailers are doing this where mm-hmm. they're. Uh, where their spirits people will go, they'll sample different uh, casks, different barrels, and they'll choose one that will be available. The bottles from that will be available exclusively at their store. Let's let's take a minute and explain what that barrel pick is, okay. even beyond that. Because a barrel pick is when you get a very specific barrel and you get a very specific flavor profile. Mm-hmm. And, and what happens is the reason this is a little more special is because, for instance, Bacardi making... This particular uh, uh, blend, uh, and I say blend is in-house uh, blending. Right. We're not talking about it. Yeah, of but, course. Uh, yeah, but Bacardi making this particular blend, what the what the uh, what they do at the uh, distillery 
is they have a flavor profile that they need to match, and they need to take all of their barrels and blend them to a point where that matches. Where it matches, their, so that if you buy profile. a Bacardi eighteen-year-old, let's say, yeah, it it's going to taste like, like the last Bacardi, Bacardi eighteen-year-old. So they want to yeah. level that, and it's always going to be good like that. But when you do a barrel pick for mm-hmm. a store, for an organization, or something like that, you're going and selecting one barrel that's going to taste different from the other ones, and now, it's not going to be blended. You get to try that one, and guess what? When that barrel's gone, it's gone. Right, you don't get it again. And you know who does this? A lot is our very good friend Chris Hart. Yes. Who yes, uh, has the... done it with not only with bourbons, mm-hmm. but has done it with rums. And mm-hmm. he's, you know, for a guy that is known as a whiskey expert, which he is in fact known as, uh, he's, he's done a lot of rums and Armagnacs. He's and... got really good taste in rum. In fact, uh, the rum, the last time he was on the show, he brought in a bottle of rum that they'd done uh, a cask select with Plantation. Right. And that rum yeah, was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. So, so high hopes for the, uh, for the Specs uh, barrel pick and uh, Bacardi. Um, you know, Bacardi is probably most well known for their sort of everyday rums, yeah. which are good for mixers and what have you. But if you've had some of the more aged Bacardi yeah, rums, they get special they real are, quick. I remember there was uh, there was one at the last whiskey sniff that we did at B and B Butchers. And I kept going back to the Bacardi <laughs> booth because I was like, "Okay, that rum that you have back there, yeah. oh my gosh, yeah. so it was it was really terrific." So, uh, so anyway, looking forward to uh, looking forward to checking that out. Speaking of Chris Hart, by the way, scheduled to join us on the twelfth of uh, August, nice uh, to be here on the show. He, of course, uh, has you know details on this year's. Um, Whiskey Social, yeah, that's and gonna be a good uh, that's time. going to be coming up, and he uh, will be here to tell us all about that. And I'm sure, knowing Chris, he's one of those guests that never arrives empty-handed. I'm sure, <laughs> never, never. We'll plan out a show, what we're going to taste, and all that, and then he'll show up with a box of liquor. And so. the Whiskey Sniff is on uh, <coughs> or the, uh, the November Whiskey Social. Or whiskey yes. Social, yes. sorry, not Whiskey Sniff. Mm-hmm. The Whiskey Social is on November. Um, uh, sixth, right? I believe that's correct. So I, I want to give a shout out to my uh, uh, brew club, CCSD, real mm-hmm. quick because we had scheduled our November Fest. We do that every year. Yeah, because uh, everybody go, does Octoberfest. Right, you guys so we do just November Fest. November. I love we, that. We have a little bit better uh, then, turnout. That way, you've not only got the uh, sort of fall Oktoberfest beers, but by then you've got the uh, the Christmas ales right. and, and the uh, right. stuff and coming from the, of, the year. Well, this is all our own brews. Mm. This is mm. all our own brews that we're doing. So this is a, this is a great festival. But um. But one of the cool things that they did is uh, I mentioned that uh, the the Whiskey Social is actually scheduled the same day we were scheduling our November Fest. And the club all voted, and we moved it by a week. Oh, that's great. Not only could the club members Mm -hmm. go to uh, the Whiskey Social, but we could also – I could be there for the – for the, uh, for the festival. For so the that's festival. really, that's really fun. Thanks, awesome. guys. Well, love that. So uh, so Chris will be here in a couple of weeks to tell us more about that. But it is something, and Ian and I have said this on the show before. I'll say it again. Of all of the different uh, spirit events we've ever been to, this one is the best. It's amazing. And it's not a, we have nothing to do with it. So that's not, a, that's not any kind of, you know, we get nothing for saying that. Nope. Except. No you sponsorship know, maybe, here. Maybe a little whiskey. No paid promotions. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, but I do really believe it to be the best, so I encourage you to go if you are interested. And by the way, the, it's primarily a whiskey event, bourbons and whiskeys and scotches, but there will be usually some rums. There will usually be some uh, tequila. And there's always a really nice smoking area set up outside. And, yes. and last year, 
uh, Oliva. Last time Oliva was there, uh, yes. providing some great cigars that you can smoke. So, uh, so it's definitely worth your while. Just, a, just a quick, uh, just a quick thing. We got a few people watching. Want to say hi to Courtney, hi to Howard, hi to Alan. Uh, Howard, uh, you need to get in touch with us. We need to smoke cigars. Yes, absolutely, and we need to have you on the show. Yep. Yeah. So let's uh, let's plan that, Howard. You're a, <laughs> you're a guest that has been gone from our uh, airwaves here it's been too a few long. Years. Yes. Yeah, we need to dig up that yeah. number. Yeah. Let's, Send us so your number. So let's do that. Um, so. Speaking of uh, smoking cigars, Ian, did you have a chance to uh, smoke anything interesting I, this week? I did. I went and wandered around Humidor at Casa this morning, and uh, I came love up their with, Humidor. Yeah, it's a, it's a well, it's nice because there is room to wander in that <laughs> Humidor. It's, it's a well, big right. Humidor. Uh, you can spend a bit of time in there, as a matter. Of so fact. I wandered around, was just looking around to see if I had uh, uh, something that uh, something I haven't had. Mm -hmm. I was looking for something kind of old school, and I found a, uh, my father, and I looked up on my. List of cigars that I've tried because I have to do a search on it to see if I've to tried. see if you've uh, tried you it. You know, for the show I before. haven't reviewed uh, except one. Like I've reviewed one my father's cigar. You know what I find even more amazing than that is that my father has now been around long enough that you refer to them as old school. Yeah, because I because they I remember are, when they were new. Yeah, right, they uh, they they are a newer brand, but not brand new. They've actually been around for a while. Right. Well, they and they also have kind of a, a great old school vibe. Well, they sure to do the, to the flavor of the cigars and the presentation mm -hmm. and everything. So so they kind of fall into that category. But they've been around so long, and I I'm such a fan of generally everything they do, mm -hmm. uh, and and they're always a great price point too, which is which is important. So you can pick up any of my father's cigar and be pretty happy. I picked up the uh, La Promesa. Mm. So um, I'm just gonna I'm gonna spoil your review. That's a great cigar. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's right. enough. How Thank about you. Your cigar? Let's, uh, let's take a break and we'll be right back. Uh, enough said. <laughs> cigar good. So this was the uh, uh, Corona Gorda. Uh, it's a five and a half by forty eight with a Ecuador Habano Oscuro wrapper. So you uh, know nice it's gonna dark. be spicy yep. right yep. away. Yep. Like, nice and dark. Like yeah. Uh, Nicaragua binder, Nicaragua filler. So you know it's gonna be spicy. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's my father. So you're it's, expecting it's, some pepper. Yeah. I expect it. Uh, the appearance, ready, dark brown, two bands plus a little uh, uh, satin footer. Uh, oily, uh, semi-rustic, uh, overall, firm overall. The pre-light sniff on this, I got earth, barnyard, some classic tobacco, and hints of cocoa Nice on the uh, on the outside of the cigar. The uh, pre-light draw, I used a clip. It had an effortless draw to it. Uh, coffee and sweet mocha mixed with rich earth and leather is what I got right on the nose. The initial light of this, I got this spicy blast of pepper. I mean, it was exactly what you expect mm -hmm. when you have that Nicaraguan uh, cigar, and it's it's a spicy blast of pepper, uh, and a very steak like like steak like meaty steak like mm -hmm. yeah. meaty. I know what you mean it. by that. Yes, and really big smoke. Like the smoke is instantaneous and big and fluffy right there. I'll comment on that in a minute too. The uh, first third of this spicy sweet, it has kind of a pastry oven kind of. Uh, sweetness going on too there. I, I don't know if I'd say bready, but maybe pastry, maybe uh, maybe kind of sweet pastries thing. Nice. Cocoa, earth, uh, fermented hay, uh, medium full profile almost immediately. Uh, retrohale slightly salty with a touch of red pepper. 
Uh, big fluffy smoke, great for blowing smoke rings. I I can't help it when I get smoky <laughs> cigars like that. And I'm not great at it, but I've I just have never fun. learned to do it. I've tried. I'm terrible at it. <laughs> I'm not I, good at it. I, I, I can't but even I'm try. Enthusiastic. When, I can't try when anyone's around because it's <laughs> embarrassing. You know. <laughs> the uh, uh, let's see, uh, solid ash, good burn on this. I wouldn't say it was razor tight, but it never got more than uh, more than just a uh, a little bit, a crooked, couple yeah. uh, millimeters off on either side, and and, and I never tended it. Uh, the second third of this, some sweetness ramps up here, uh, or the spicy backs off. I wasn't really sure which was happening, but either way, it was a little less spicy there or more sweet covering some of the spice. Uh, more cocoa and earth and a cedar woodiness kind of takes over. Sweet pastry still lurks in the background. I love using the word lurk because it's just fun mm -hmm. to say. Yeah. Um, uh, retro hail is leather, earth, and a little red pepper. Solid ash, good burn. The uh, last third of the cigar, cedar and pepper take the stage here, supported by underlying sweetness and bitter salt. Uh, and I say bitter salt, but not in a bad way, you know, right. like like, uh, like what has kind of a bitter saltiness to it. Some of the, uh, so like like sourdough breads or rye breads have mm -hmm. kind of that, mm -hmm. yeah, that kind of thing. Uh, there's some other uh, foods that I'm not thinking of off the top of my head like that. Uh, leather and charred toast threads throughout. Retro Hill is toasty, earthy, and pepper. Solid ash, good burn. Um, this is a great cigar. It's fantastic. It's eight dollars and twenty-five cents. Nice. So it's not super cheap, but it's not real pricey. But it's not a super and uh, price it gets premium. a solid five. I mean, yeah. they're so good. Uh, and bang for the buck, it's a great, it's a great cigar. So you get exactly what you're paying for for eight dollars and twenty-five cents. You're gonna have a hard time finding something that that matches its price that well. Yeah, yeah. You know? That's uh, you know, my father is it's tough to beat and you can pay a lot more for a my father cigar, but you there's can. an example of one that's, you know, pretty affordable and delivers. Yeah, and know? some of them are as low as what, six dollars, six and a half dollars. I, th I think so. Yeah, there yeah, you can find a few of them. You can pay yeah. more. So uh but uh, yeah, but quality and consistency, uh those guys have got it going on. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so we we got to get them uh, on the show. We were working on that for a while, and um, I think actually even had it scheduled at one point, and then we something happened. I don't know. We'll we'll work we're on that. We're gonna blame it. Thanks, COVID. Yeah, thanks, COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I've noticed, by the way, you're using the uh, uh, the word lurk. I've noticed that our three favorite words here on the show all sound very similar: lurk, funk. And dank. They all have a, a sort of a similar sound to them, and they all end in K. Right. I don't know what that means, but uh, uh, but in any case. I smoked something pretty interesting this week as well. I'm always amazed, and, you know, Casa de Monte Cristo, which is where I bought the cigar, uh, when you go in, because they're a part of the Monte Cristo family, which puts them in that, you know, general cigar uh, uh, or Altadis, I always, yeah, yeah. I always get them confused. But you're talking about the company that makes, you know, Macanudo, Hoya de Monterey, um, uh, uh, Romeo and Julieta, mm -hmm. and... Um, um, uh, H. Upman, uh, these are all in the same, uh, all in the, the same family, families, yeah. and uh, so they always have a really impressive stock of all those brands because yes. this they've got access to, uh, you know, even some of the more uh, limited edition and unusual type of things that come out from those companies. And I'm always amazed at uh, at both uh, Hoya de Monterey and uh, Romeo and Julieta at how many different and Monte Cristo as well, mm -hmm. how many different. Offerings there are from them, and I was going through the uh, going through the Romeo and Julietas and found one that I'd never tried. Uh, so I picked up a uh, Romeo and Julieta Eternal. Uh huh. I actually it's, reviewed that a few yeah, months back. Yeah. It's a uh, it's a Toro size, uh, six by 
54, I believe. Yeah, 6 by 54. Very well rolled, a few visible veins, and a nice smooth, rounded cap. The Eternal is a limited release from Romeo and Julieta. It was designed to commemorate 145 years of making Romeo and Julieta cigars. Not 45, Ian. A hundred and forty-five. <laughs> that's crazy. That's halfway it? to two hundred. You know, that's 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 almost as many years as uh, what was it? Toscano has been right. I know. <laughs> it, it's it's amazing. Um, so the hundred and forty-fifth year was actually last year, but you know, thanks COVID, uh, it, things <laughs> thanks, got delayed a little COVID. bit. It didn't come out till January of this year. The blend and the tobacco on this is a collaboration between the Placencias and Rafael Nodal, who's kind of in charge of uh, the uh, cigars that come out from this company. Uh, and they used a blend of Nicaraguan tobaccos grown by the Placencia family. On on their farms all over the major growing regions of Nicaragua, including Ometepe, which I've added in just because I love saying Ometepe. Wrapper yeah. <laughs> uh, was fermented for twice as long as usual, and the cigars were aged for 26 months. There were notes of cedar and cinnamon on the pre-light, along with a little hint of leather. A very easy draw. You know when you take that first, you know, uh, draw once you've cut it or punched it, and you're like, oh, yeah, this cigar's going to draw great. Yeah. Even even though it's not lit yet, you can just feel mm, you can tell. the perfect amount of uh, air coming through the tobacco. Um, I used a punch. I lit it up. Got a lot of bold tobacco flavors on the first few puffs. Not necessarily pepper, but just an intense sort of blast of fermented tobacco. It was very pleasant. Uh, I liked it, but it settled down a little bit after the first half inch or so, even though the smoke remained pretty big throughout the entire thing. I uh, looked up a couple of things about it online and saw it described as a medium-bodied cigar. My experience was definitely medium to full. It was a little, it had a little more punch to it than uh, than what I would call uh, medium body. But uh, but for me, that's fine. That's kind of my sweet spot for cigars anyway. So um, it was a bit more straightforward than I was expecting, uh, but I liked the flavors a lot. Rich tobacco, some earthiness, a uh, little bit of citrus were the primary things I picked mm -hmm. up during the first third. Uh, the ash held on for almost the first third of the cigar and stayed together nicely once I let it drop into my little Star Trek ashtray. I don't know if Adam's got that uh, picture up now <laughs> or not, but I'm, I'm kind of proud of that because I am a geek. Uh, the draw was easy, plenty of smoke. Any crookedness that would show up in the burn would basically just correct itself uh -huh. without needing to be tended. Uh, one of the most uh, impressive things about the Eternal was the mouthfeel. It was very thick and creamy. You mentioned mm. you know having lots of thick smoke, and th this, this one was definitely like that. Second third continued with the primary earthy and tobacco notes, along now with a little bit of black pepper on the retrohale. Um, great ash, perfect burn, continued all the way through. I'm really glad I liked the overall flavor of the Eternal a lot because it really didn't change much as it as right. it smoked. Normally, when you look at a blend like this, especially you've got tobacco from all these different growing regions in Nicaragua, you're kind of expecting it to shift and change. We talk about that with some cigars. This one didn't really do that, but I did really like the overall flavors that it presented, and it stayed pretty consistent all the way through until uh, the final third. Urch, uh, earth, rich tobacco, and uh, spiciness on the retrohale. I really enjoyed The Eternal. It's a very well-made cigar, smoked wonderfully. Uh, even though the flavors were really consistent all the way through, like I said, they were quite tasty, and I smoked it down to the nub. But 
That's a big butt. The Eternal is a $15 cigar. It's a very expensive mm-hmm. cigar. Uh, and that raises the bar substantially on my expectations because, you know, I normally smoke in the $8 range, more like what you had uh, today. That's kind mm-hmm. of my... This is sort of my, you know, when I go for a cigar out of the humidor, that's it's usually something that's right, generally right. in that area, uh, and I can't really tell you that this was better than an AJ New World or a ten dollar EP Carrillo, and it was fifteen bucks. So while it's worth a try, and I do recommend it for the smoking experience, on the price of quality scale, I got to go with a four. It it's, just it's funny you said that. I looked up my uh, review on that, and you and a few other people that I've talk to about that have kind of the same opinion on it. it it's really good. I gave it a six. Interesting. So you felt like it actually got, outperformed its fifteen dollars price. Complex flavors in there. I've got, uh, and I I gave it a six. Amazing burn, complex flavors. Exactly what I want from a super premium cigar. Is exactly what I wrote. It's really interesting because it 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 is also notable. That there have been some cigars that I've smoked and then smoked another one at another time and, had and a gotten a, a different yeah. experience. So that happens. It can have to do with, you know, things that you ate, the uh, the breeziness of where you're smoking, yeah. uh, you know, what, all kinds of things can play into that. Palette, anything. Uh-huh, absolutely. Anything. Uh, but for me, yeah, it wasn't. It didn't quite live up to the $15 price. But I can't tell you I didn't enjoy it. I really did. Yeah. So there you go. That's my, uh, that's my thoughts on the... Uh, on the eternal, and what a surprise! You and I like disagreed on. Uh, uh, <laughs> we never do that. No, never. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, by the way, one of the big disagreements you and I have is on martinis, and we're going to get down to the nitty gritty on that next week on the show. That's next week. That's next week because our is, is cocktail the, expert Chris the martini Morris, versus kangaroo. Yeah, as you like to call it, I like to call it the great martini challenge. <laughs> Uh, but we'll be putting up uh, gin martinis next to vodka martinis, knocking them back and seeing, uh, you know, seeing what we find. And Chris Morris is bringing uh, kind of a vodka martini specialist, or as you would say, a kangaroo specialist, uh, <laughs> uh, with him. And so they'll both be making martinis. And listen, any excuse to get Chris in the building and have him make martinis, I'm down. Uh, so, see, I would call that a martini specialist and a kangaroo fighter. All right, fair enough. <laughs> and isn't it funny that uh, on Chris Morris's uh, Drinking News intro song, he mentions fighting a kangaroo. I mean, when is that going to come up in a song, actually? Uh, so speaking of Drinking News, we will get to that today uh, among all of our tasting and the other things we want to share with you. Today's Drinking News teaser headline, I thought you just rolled them on. <laughs> and we'll be back with uh, more from the uh, world-famous Smoking and Toasting in just a moment. Thank you guys for joining us for show number 244. <laughs> okay. Uh, Welcome back at Smoking and Toasting, the show that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. It's show number 244, our Stout Blind Taste Test. Plus, we'll be uh, doing drinking news, as I mentioned. Uh, we'll also be uh, talking about uh, a few new cigars to watch for. And um, the um, there's a list that's come out that I think we may have time to go through here of the 30 best Scotch whiskey brands. 
30 best brands. 30 best brands of Scotch whiskey. This is according to Vine Pair, which so it's not like one of those things where, oh, it's interesting. Uh, Camper World uh, Monthly did a list of the best whiskeys. It's an actual, you know, uh, Vine Pair is a pretty awesome website, not only talking about wine, but also spirits of all kinds and beers. So. I, I just want to point out one simple thing. When you get to a list that has the 30 best of something, mm-hmm. you're not working real hard. Well, that's true, but if you but if you rank them, then yeah, there's well, some work okay, involved. Okay, then right? there's some work involved. All right, yeah. So, all right, so we'll see if they're ranked or not. I believe they were from when I glanced at the list, but a lot of times, to be honest, I I'll find these lists and I don't like to look at them too much because I want to be, you know, a little surprised as we reveal what's on oh, the right, list. Right. You know, other than feeling like I already know. Like I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I already know a bit about this rum we're going to taste today. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see you've cleared the cleared the neck, so there's no that's spillage. Right. That's that's my uh, that's my mantra. That's what I like move. to do. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Some, everybody has a signature move, and that's mine. I try not to bring spirits in where the neck could possibly, you know, have a lot of liquid in it and pour out and splash. Plus, sometimes in a bad you have way. to let things aerate a little bit. Mm-hmm, right, you know? get a little air Just in there. The, let them the let them breathe. Let them breathe. breathe yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I wanted to share uh, this with you as. You know, I know we're kind of going through this weird, you know, second, third, fourth surge of COVID. uh, But those who are vaccinated are starting to do stuff that we didn't do, you know, for a long time. And one of those things is to travel. And if you are traveling and feeling, you know, comfortable with traveling, uh, I wanted to share with you a list that I found uh, for whiskey lovers. They're distilleries where you can spend the night. What? Yeah, doesn't that sound like a cool idea? So you go, you you know, you uh, tour the distillery, you go to the tasting room, you stay in the tasting room, spend a little more time in the tasting room because your room is close by and you're walking to it. You know, it's a it's a pretty good idea. Um, and plus, it's you know, just being able to visit like cool and interesting locations that also are. Distilleries that can elevate your vacation oh, yeah. just a bit, you Absolutely. know, uh, and you don't have to worry about driving back to the hotel. So, um, while uh, visiting a distillery and sampling the goods is always a fun time, check out Journeyman Distillery in Three Oaks, Michigan. People say you can taste the passion infused in every bottle of whiskey produced by Journeyman Distillery. Uh, it's the brainchild of founder Bill Welter, and uh, you can also stay. Right on the property at the adjacent Staymaker restaurant uh, that's there. And Welter's Folly uh, is a 30,000-square-foot, 18-hole golf course behind the facility if oh, you're nice. into golfing. So uh, it takes about 90 minutes to complete their tour and sampling. And after that, I'm sure you can find another drink if you want one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so uh, that's Journeyman <laughs> Distillery in, uh, in Michigan. In uh, Carbondale, Colorado, you'll find Marble Distilling Company. There's a lot of reasons to make a trip there. It's 30 miles from Aspen, the picture-perfect town of Carbondale, offering a year-round hub for adventure seekers. And uh, this is also a place where they use uh, only locally sourced grains, uh, and all stillage is sent off to local ranchers. It's a zero-waste craft facility. Nice. So, a uh, very cool thing. And uh, they make uh, uh, vodka. Uh, ginger cello, and even coffee liquor, as ah. well as uh, some really fine whiskey. Marble Distilling Company, and uh, in the article, if you go and find this, this article came from Men's Journal, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, there's a picture of uh, of the room. It looks really nice. I mean, it's very, very quaint. The Glenora Inn and Distillery in Nova Scotia, Canada. Um, I, can we travel to Canada yet? 
I think I think they're I, still. I think, I think if you have your vaccine, I don't know what Canada's I, yeah, doing right uh, now. Actually, yeah. I think I think if you're vaccinated, I think you may be able to. If not, you will soon. Uh, and Nova Scotia is a great place to visit, particularly in the warmer months. And Glenora Inn and Distillery is a place that uh, is on uh, Cape Breton Island at the eastern end of Nova Scotia, and it's absolutely beautiful. And you can stay on the property there as well. Brush Creek Distillery in Saratoga, Wyoming, is another. If it's not bed and breakfast, it'd be like bed and whiskey, I guess, right? Right, yeah, right. Yeah, bed and whiskey. Uh, it's another place that you can go. Whiskey and breakfast? They capture the true spirit of the American West. A bed and whiskey and breakfast. I like <laughs> uh, and uh, th- uh, there's a picture of that. It's just a beautiful, very rustic-looking kind of uh, uh, Western hotel. I like it very, very much. It looks like it'd be very comfortable uh, to stay there. Uh, in Virginia Beach, Virginia, you can visit and stay over at the Tarnished Truth Distilling Company. That's a great name. I love that name. It's <laughs> just so good. I haven't name. tried their liquor, but I've I want to. i never heard of it. But and man, the Cavalier cool. Hotel on site there is absolutely beautiful. So a few that you can try. I'm sure there are more. In fact, if anybody that's listening to the show knows of uh, more of those places that you can do that, uh, please uh, please send it to us in the show notes. Yeah, I don't, know, I don't know about staying there, but I've been in some very beautiful. Like uh, when we went out to uh, West Texas earlier this year, we stopped at... Um, we stopped at a brewery. Absolutely gorgeous. The uh, Allstat Brewery. Allstat, Absolutely yes. Absolutely yeah. gorgeous out there. Yeah. It, the brewery and the whole premises is just amazing looking. It, it's, a, it's a pretty cool idea, if you think about it, combining the sort of bed and breakfast experience with a brewery or a distillery, if if you can find places that do that. And I have a feeling you're going to see more and more of that. Uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken... Stuart Skloss, who is with Pura Vida Tequila, yeah. uh, last time he was on the show, he was talking about they're launching a whiskey from their company, oh, I do and that. it's going to be based in Texas, and they are also going to have an on-site hotel area where you can go and stay at their distillery. Nice. I remember him telling us that. So uh, maybe we'll have Stuart back on. That, I think that I think that whiskey's about to come out. So. We haven't seen him. Yeah, it's uh, been a couple years since we've seen, seen him. him. I run into him in my building all the time because he lives there. And he's well, always what like, a beautifully ah. interesting character, too. Yeah, I, yes, he's he, so fun. <laughs> he really is. Uh, by the way, speaking of uh, our friend Stuart and Pura Vida uh, Tequila, um, makes me think of Billy Gibbons, which makes me think of the sad oh, news that yes, Dusty Hill yes. passed a yesterday. Of, a moment of yeah, silence. Um, I, I got to tell you, if, if you were from Texas, as both Ian and I are, you recognize the contribution that ZZ Top has made to rock and blues in Texas. ZZ They're Top. Just, just, you know, an amazing, Unbelievable. amazing part of our state's musical history and heritage, and uh, Dusty uh, will be missed. That's for sure. All right, it is time to kick off the first ever smoking and toasting stout blind taste test. So here's what we've done. I brought in six different stouts of various kinds and styles, uh, and uh, a number of them in bombers, some of them are in cans. So I had Adam open them all so we wouldn't be able to even hear whether it was in a can or a bottle as he's pouring. Uh, He's going to give them to us two per segment. We'll do this in three segments. We're going to taste them, talk about what we taste, and then we'll contrast them A to B with the second one. We'll pick a favorite of the two, and then at the end of the show, we'll name our three favorites so, from for, the show. For uh, keeping things from being too confusing, I'm mm-hmm. going to refer to segment one as segment A. Okay. And then beer one and two. And then when we do segment B, we'll have beer three, four, 
Fair and enough. that way our numbers will all match up uh, and so on. Right? All right. That sounds so good. So we'll have segment A, B, C. We'll have beers one, two, three, four, five, six. So, And that way we're not confusing uh, segment C, beer one, with beer one from segment B. Right. Or segment one, beer one, you know, all that So stuff. this is A1. This is A1. Segment A, beer one, a very... Uh, Almost motor oil looking uh, uh, sheen to this one, but it's not, doesn't appear to be quite that it thick. Smells it smells like uh, burnt caramel in the oh, best man, way. Oh man, you are not kidding. Burnt caramel in the way that uh, a creme brulee smells. Burnt caramel and molasses. You ever, uh, you know how they, uh, creme brulee will smell after they've done the torch along the top of it? Wow. That's what I get from this. This is silky and chocolatey, and I, oh. I, I, I'm going to put a guess out here right there. So, uh, uh, let me put a few notes here. I'm going to get, this tastes like something that would come from the brewery. The brewery, okay, uh, that's that's why you know it does have because they do a lot of I think what are called pastry stouts, and this has a little of that vibe yeah, to it. Yeah, it's so this almost is like silky. a uh, uh, it's almost like a confectioner's sugar on top of you know the darker flavors like molasses and and uh, uh, even even almost a honey flavor in in this as well. I get cacao nibs, I get uh, which is just fun to say, kind of like dank and funk. Uh, cacao nibs and a little bit of coffee. Yeah, coffee. There's a um, there's a little spiciness too. Mm -hmm. Yes, just towards, a little hint of, just of, a, of a peppery, but it's not, not much. Slight, slight spicy. Yeah. It's not like a mou caliente, which has no, a which lot of pepper yeah. to it. Yeah. It's just a real little hint of it. By the way, I'm not a big fan of uh, of beers a lot of times. or That are peppery? Cocktails that have that kind of spicy, like jalapeno and cayenne and all that. I've said on the show before, but, I love spicy foods, but not as much spicy drinks. But every once in a while, there's a drink or a beer that comes out. Mm -hmm. Caliente is pretty amazing. It is a really good yeah. beer. You you have to be ready for it. I will say that. But it is a really good beer. All right. So that is stout number A1. That's pretty delicious. Here is stout number A2. Well, you can't separate them by color. But I know they actually, and, and they I'm look, holding them side by side. identical. It, Adam, are you sure you didn't pour more of the same one? <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, you can tell in the smell. This has definitely a lot more hops in it. Oh yes, you can. You can get the hops on the nose for sure. Mm. Ooh. Now on this one, on the last one, you got that sort of pastry vibe, and the sweetness up front. On this one, you get hops up front, but then the finish is that chocolatey, uh, honey, molasses sort of uh, sweetness to it. There's a something in there. I'm trying. To Mm. Wow, that's really good. I will tell you already; these are going to be hard for me to choose a favorite between. Is it is it that way for you? Or do you have a clear cut favorite already? Well, so between these two, I like uh, in the stouts. I like the sweeter beer. So I, I would say number one, this has a little bit of that hoppy, uh, bitter aftertaste, which is not bad. I, this is a very enjoyable beer. But I prefer less, less of that hop uh, uh, bitterness on the end of this. Now the bitterness on the end of this comes across more coffee-like. Um, mm -hmm. You're right. It is. It is a coffee bitter more than it's a hot bitter, for sure. Uh, it has more of a coffee-like bitter, uh, but that hops to me kind of dominates a little bit in this. Mm -hmm. 
and not not a totally bad flavor. But um, I'm gonna go back to the other one just since. But I prefer the profile of the first one with with less of that, more of the malty, big roundness. Now, see if this happens to you. After I had the second one, and went back for a sip of the first. I get that peppery uh, flavor is a little more distinct. Yeah, there's a little more of that spice. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna say my favorite of the two is the first one. I like the mouthfeel of the first one. The second one, um, it's a I don't little know bit if thinner mouthfeel. What's that? A little bit thinner mouthfeel. Yeah, it's a little thinner mouthfeel. I don't know if that's the uh, if the hops uh, really interacts with that, but I found that stouts that have a little more of the hoppy uh, flavors in general tend to tend to not be as uh, Full and thick. The first one could almost be like, like some kind of like like lactose in there almost. Well, this will probably surprise you, or not. Uh, I'm going to pick number two. No. I just I, I, the hop thing. I'm a hop head anyway. I yep. love IPAs yep. and and while this is not nearly that level of hops, it's not like an in your face hops. I like that little trace of it in there that makes it feel a little more like a beer uh, to me. And and I and I like it, but it's also it's also very big. I'm betting that this one is actually a higher ABV. That number two is higher ABV than number one. Oh, see, I didn't even think about those yeah. things. Well, it's, all right, it's quite possible. Let's do a reveal, Adam. Show reveal? us uh, show us what uh, number one of segment A is, and pass the bottle over. Number one of segment A. Oh, very interesting. This is Prairie from Cherry Prairie Bomb. Artisan Ales. It's their Cherry Bomb, and I've actually had this one before, but I did not recognize it at all when uh, when we went to it uh, in the taste test. Um, Prairie Artisan Ales, I mean, these guys don't, don't make any of what you might call normal beers. Everything they have is just super creative, super, you know, wild combinations just of things. Just FYI, we nailed everything that they say on here. So what does it say on the bottle? Except for cherries. Except for cherries. Well, I didn't get cherry on I it. I'm going to go back to it. I didn't get a lot of cherry, but I think I could now. maybe if I'm looking for it. But I was just waiting for someone to say chocolate cherries. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Adam said you yeah, were waiting so for Yeah, so it says Imperial Stout so, aged so now on I can cherries. To- now I can totally pick it up and now then that they, I know. And then we picked up, we said coffee, we said cacao nibs, we said vanilla beans, we said chili peppers. We caught mm-hmm. everything in there mm-hmm. except for the cherries. Uh, that's, that's This is a beautiful beer. It really I, is. I really like it. It's wondrous. And interestingly enough, I think it may be the only beer we'll try today that came in a 12-ounce bottle. <laughs> there may be some cans, but most of these are, are in, in larger bombers, and it'll be interesting to see how all of this holds it's up. It's so funny that once you have it in your head and you taste it, it's, it's immediately Oh, the cherries. How could I have missed the cherry? But I didn't pick it up at I first. I didn't either. I didn't either. But that's, that is fascinating. And I've actually had this beer before. But I will tell you, like, I—, I, I like. We'll show On that the to nose, the camera to I, make I was sure blasted good, with the uh, with the uh, the caramel and molasses flavors and the coffee right off the bat. Well, I will just say, if you are a fan of very creatively put together beers, you know, people who go the extra mile to oh, do yeah. something different, Prairie Artisan Ales, that's you know, that's your jam, right? And I'll tell you something about Prairie Artisan Ales. I will buy them, even though I know that there's a certain percentage of them. That are not going to be winners, but and that are not going to be to your but at particular least they're taste. Trying. Yeah, they're doing I'm something. with you. I'm with you. I love it. All right, that was number one, uh, Prairie Cherry Bomb. Uh, Adam, what was number two? Oh, will you look at this? This is from Fort George Brewing. Um, their Sweet Virginia series. It's the. Let me see if I can say this Russian word correct. Matryoshka. 
Matryoshka. It's a bourbon whis- bourbon and whiskey barrel aged Russian imperial stout. And uh, does I don't know if it says on the cherry bomb what the ABV is. I'll see. I'm not I'm not finding it on there. Mm, I'm not seeing an ABV on here at all. But I can tell you that this one, uh, the Matryoshka from from uh, Fort George, twelve point eight. Oh. This is eleven point five, so 11. we're not 5. far from each All other. Right. So twelve point eight on the uh, on the uh, Fort George. We've had one of their beers on the show before, and it was also a Russian Imperial Stout. Yeah, uh, but I uh, I believe it was a little bit different than uh, than this one. Well, that is fascinating. <laughs> uh, so I picked that one. You picked the Cherry Bomb. Uh, so so far we're uh, we're divided and uh, uh, on on what was our absolute favorite. Uh, but then again, this is just an AB, and I would drink either of those again. They're, They're both, both delicious. Fantastic. I, so, so the fact that I picked the cherry bomb over the uh, Matryoshka, Matryoshka, yeah, um, doesn't I like the little uh, uh, the little Russian the uh, little Russian is that like a doll. nesting doll? Is that yeah, what that but, is? Yeah, but the body of it's a, a whiskey the, barrel. Show yeah. that to the camera. Yeah, it's like a little uh, uh, nesting doll with a whiskey barrel for the bottom. Get this uh, camera. Yeah, there we go. Oh, gotcha. Oh, yeah. Put them on Twirly Gig. There you go. Look at you being all smart. You know, tools we have. It's, a, it's like he's the producer of the show, isn't it? Almost like he knows what he's doing. Yeah, well, uh, uh, that that would make one of us. <laughs> um, the student well, has become the master. So I, I got to tell you, I loved both of those beers. I mean, to me, both of those are worthy of repeat uh, uh, repeat consumption. Yeah, they're very nice. Um, yeah, so uh, very interesting. Well, I'm I'm going to be curious to see where this takes us. That was uh, segment A with two beers. We liked both of them. Ian liked number one the best. I liked number two the best. Uh, but for me, it was very close. Like, I yeah. could easily be swayed uh, uh, one way or the other. I just wound up picking the one with a little more hoppy flavor because that's, you know, I, I like Because you're hoppy like I that. like the hops. Yes, I am. A, I'm a hoppy guy. What can I tell you? <laughs> All right, let's take a break. We will come back. Uh, we have uh, cigars to watch for coming up in the next segment. And uh, we will be... Um, also getting ready we have so we have two more segments where we're going to taste stouts and we will also be tasting a um, uh, a little bit of rum and I think maybe we'll do the rum in the next so this is a short segment we'll do short we'll segment. do the you rum. Do rum yeah let's do the rum that'll 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 be it then we'll come back we'll have uh, cigars to watch for we'll do another taste test and then of course in our last longer segment we have your drinking news I see you brought the ukulele I was for a minute I didn't I see it and I then I saw the top it. of it there so very, very nice, very exciting. Smoking and toasting, show number 244. Our stout wine taste test is in effect. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. This is the radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza that is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Today, going heavy on the stout as we do a little stout blind taste test. You know what's cool about- I love this show already. You know what's cool about doing six uh, stouts in a blind taste test? There's six stouts? Well, there's that, (laughs) and there's the fact that that means there's plenty more stouts so we can do it again. (laughs) Uh, But right now, it's rum time. And, oh, you're really good at that. 
Oh, that was that was just spectacular. <laughs> I might have I might have juiced that a little bit. You you may have been the that may have been the best one you've done though. That was uh, that was really spectacular. Uh, today's rum, as we mentioned in the first segment, is one of those uh, uh, barrel selections, and the guys at Specs chose a barrel from uh, the Bacardi people, and it's a uh, it's a very interesting process. This barrel selection, and I continue to wonder how did I miss out on that as a profession. Right, being the person that gets to go and test the uh, the different barrels of spirits out and see which one we want to you know have as our exclusive well, in our store only uh, version. That's you back know? to your uh, your high school um, guidance counselor. Never ever once mentioned it. You know, I've met this very interesting guy who works for Specs here in Houston. His name is Bear Dalton, and Bear Dalton, who it looks like his name, he's this big bear of a man, and he is. Their, um, their top wine buyer at Specs. Now he gets a salary. I don't know what it is, but I'm sure it's pretty decent because he's a very skilled man, and and he's got a very important job because what he picks needs to be the right stuff, so oh, yeah. the sales will be good, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, at at Specs stores all over Texas. But his job not only does he get a salary, but it gets flown all over the world to wineries by the wine companies, where they, you know, have him sample their wines to see if he wants to stock them. Yeah, what a great job! Again, wh- why did I not know this job existed when I was in school? I'd have gone to Man. whatever to whatever training I needed to go to. Palette I didn't get quite enough sleep, and now I have to wake up and fly to France and try wine. Do you wonder? Do you wonder if it ever gets like? That way, you're like, oh man, I got to go to Versailles and go to a, a winery. Uh, I just want to stay home and have some iced tea and a bologna sandwich. <laughs> you know what I mean? Bologna sandwich. It, it, it might happen. I don't know. Uh, so anyway, this rum was specially selected by the specs. No, uh, probably not by Bear Dalton, but by their uh, their spirits experts uh, there, who also have a very enviable job. And uh, it is made by Bacardi, and uh, is something that. You would only be able to buy uh, at Specs, although I'm sure they would probably ship it to you if you're out of state. So, yeah, I love a lot uh, of the barrel selections. I just love the idea of it because you're getting something that's just a little bit unique. This is know, about a, a $38 bottle, which puts it um, at a price near to the most age, which I think was a 12 year that I saw on the shelf. So it's right at that price point, and it's. Um, uh, there is no age designation on this, by the way, so we don't know how old this rum is. This has a a bit of heat to it, actually. Yeah, have you already done some sampling? I have, uh, I have, and I'm going to also mention like it has uh, some predictable Bacardi rum flavors. It it does, and that's not a bad thing. No, not at all, not yeah. at all. But there's the addition of and and I'm going to say it, bubblegum. Mm. And I don't mean it in a bad way, but bubble gum. I, I get what and you're saying. And very specifically, like, you remember the stick of gum that used to come in the cards with the little powdery stuff on it? It's got the it? little powder on it. Yes, it's it's that powdery taste. That, yeah. And it's it's not unpleasant at all. In fact, it melds very well with the sort of caramel and vanilla vibe that, uh, that the rum has got going. What I find almost more interesting about it than anything else, because it's only 40 proof. This rum leaves a nice little heat on your tongue and the yeah, back of your you know palate when it goes it. down. Yeah, uh, and as somebody that you know does a lot of aged rums, you know some of my favorites. You hardly know it's liquor. It's so smooth going down. Yeah, know? yeah. There's also a really nice um, oak 
finish on this, a mm-hmm. really dry oak finish on this that, that uh, leaves you with that I want another sip kind of feel. Yes, it, it, the Doritos effect. Yes. Mm-hmm. I like it. Um, it's got, I'm almost getting a little bit of banana in there. Are I could go with that. that. Yeah. yeah. Mm. It is a delicious rum. Not quite as round and mapley as some other aged yeah. rums, but those flavors are there. They're just not as dominant as in some. You get more of that almost Hefeweizen banana and a little bit of that... Uh, a little, a little like banana peel astringency kind of thing yes, going on, yes. or almost like a green leafiness going on. But in again, there it's too. a very positive thing. It's no. that's not, that's not a negative, and and the the sort of sweetness of that bubble gum and 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 the powder from the top of the stick just sort of rolls it all into a very enticing. That's a delicious bottle. This is of rum. one of the more unique. Rums, I think we've had on I, here. I would agree, and we've had some some very interesting rums. And, I mean, and all these flavors are there, but they're also kind of delicate in this too. They're not. This is not a. Uh, there's a little bit of a punch to it, but it's, yeah. it, the flavors themselves are a little more floating on top, and, like icing. And, and there's heat, but it's not in your face at all. There's a sweetness to this yes. too, like icing. That's that's mm-hmm. very unusual. Makes you feel like it'd be good on ice cream. I'll bet. <laughs> <laughs> Although I think I've almost yet to meet a rum that wouldn't be good on ice cream. Um, rum ice cream. Somebody needs I, to do rum ice cream bars. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> that like just like amazing. a popsicle, not popsicle, I, but like a chocolate. I don't know uh, that I love this rum, but I keep sipping it. Mm. Like it has that thing. That it has mm-hmm. that. It's interesting, and I keep going back to it. I do like it very much, but it is so different from most of the rums that I drink. It is. It's very bubblegum. So I kind of have I kind of have two different kinds of rum in my bar. I have the ones that are probably my favorites, which are the um, the ones that are just very rich and mapley, and and you almost don't even get heat from them. They're so smooth, mm-hmm. and and I just love those for sipping. And then I have the ones that kind of crank up the proof a little bit, and uh, and are just a little more in your face, like the barrel. Uh, rum, for example. Right, right. Uh, I mean, it's very good, but it's a very different experience. This one kind of lands somewhere in the middle for me between those two styles. This so one, that makes it really interesting. I would highly recommend something like this particular flavor profile to someone who wants to get into. I don't know if I like rum, but I want to try it. Mm-hmm. And not, I'm oh, not yeah. talking about like making daiquiris. I'm talking about right sipping rum and trying some different right. flavors. This is not your typical. This doesn't seem like something you'd want to necessarily put into a, a, a mixed drink, although I'm sure it'd be great. But this this really seems more like a sipping rum to me. Yeah, and I think the flavors on this, I think the, the, the diminished returns, if you were to mix this into a drink, yeah, you'd get some. But I think you'd be burying so many of the flavors that it wouldn't it wouldn't say because it's kind of delicate overall. Mm. I like it. La Palina Cigars has something new. We'll tell you about that coming up in Cigars to Watch For. And the debate... Between whether you call it sauce or call it gravy, makes its way to the world of cigars, it's and A.J. Fernandez is involved. Gravy, baby. And we'll be right back with more of that. It's smoking and Toasting. This is, this is just really damn good, bro. That's what it is. <laughs> it's can't really, stop really drinking good. it. Mm.
Welcome back. It is smoking and toasting. We are so thrilled to be a part of your day or evening whenever you're consuming the show. Thank you for uh, checking us out. We are brought to you by uh, MyCigarShirts.com. Great shirts on the web. Snarky cigar sayings on them. They're great for cigar lovers and and the people who love them. And uh, they uh, started under twenty bucks. So it's a real like you know it's it's not like going to charge you uh, sixty five dollars for a t shirt like some, right. like some sites will do. <laughs> and then you get it and it shrinks and you know that's 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 never a good thing. But these shirts are great. They uh, you know they are are comfortable. They're they don't have that that. Iron-on applique vibe to them. They've, they're just right. really easy to wear. Uh, very cool. And they're a sponsor of the show. So please uh, help us out by sponsoring them, MyCigarShirts.com, because... Cigars. Cigars, yes. Uh, speaking of cigars, uh, in acknowledgement of their 125th anniversary. So we've talked about 145th of, for, uh, for Romeo and Julieta. Uh, but La Paulina Cigars is celebrating their 125th. And they're releasing a special limited edition cigar presented in period, vintage, Amatista-style jars, similar to those from over a century ago. La Paulina has also refreshed its KB line, uh, which now has new packaging and two new sizes. Both uh, were on display at the recent uh, PCA trade show mm-hmm. in Las Vegas. La Paulina 125 Años. In honor of the ba- uh, the brand's 19th century founding, uh, will be coming in a turn-of-the-century-style glass humidor containing 37 cigars. I don't know why 37, but I guess that's what fit that's in, what's in fit, the glass humidor. Fits yeah. in the humidor, I guess. Uh, only 300 jars are being produced, so it's uh, going to be a limited thing. So if you see this wow. and you're interested, you'll want to grab it right away. Uh, it's an all-Nicaraguan cigar, and La Palina turned to the Oliva Cigar Company to nice. do the blending for them. Uh, not much is being disclosed about the blend other than it's Nicaraguan tobaccos and that they are well-aged. The result is a Toro topped with a fantail cap measuring six. Six and a half inches by 52. So, you know, we talk about this all the time. Oliva doesn't release a lot of crazy new right. blends all the time. But here's one they just did for uh, La Paulina. So you might want to uh, – I'm going to be looking for this. I'm gonna, Is there a I'm price for it on there? Uh, I do not know the price on this at this point in time. So, But if it's 37 cigars, if you can't buy them individually, it's, it's, not gonna it's gonna be probably going to be a little chunk of change. <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling. Uh, for years, the debate has raged – over whether the stuff that you pour over your dish of pasta should correctly be called sauce or be called gravy. If you're a fan of The Sopranos, Tony Soprano called it gravy. And I am not Italian, but I, I, I think I'm going to go with what Italians call it because they originated this whole style of food. And so I would go with gravy. But some people call it pasta sauce and, and you know, or marinara sauce or whatever it is. And I understand that. I never thought about the difference, but I want to say that I feel like I feel like if it's made uh to put just over meat. Yeah. It's generally gravy. It could be called gravy. Well, but meat and pasta. Over noodles, it generally feels more like sauce. Well, when Italians don't do a lot of vegetarian pasta, I will just say that. There's that, but it you does know. exist. But it's not. It's but not. When the, I think gravy, I think like something made with the meat juices and. Uh huh. Uh huh. Well, the gravy and, and and when you make real authentic Italian sauce slash gravy, you're using the bones. You're using you know all kinds of stuff in there to give it that meat flavor. So there's that. The gravy sauce debate has now spilled over into the cigar world thanks to a collaboration between Forged Cigar Company and some guy named A.J. Fernandez. (laughs) Uh, They call it Diesel Sunday Gravy. 
It's a new cigar made in Nicaragua by Fernandez, and it's composed of an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, a Nicaraguan binder from Esteli, and Nicaraguan filler from Jalapa. Justin Andrews is the brand manager at Forge Cigar Company, and he worked with AJ to stir up the blend. Get it? Stir up the blend. Yeah. It's a little, little gravy sauce joke there. Uh, and uh, he likened the cigar production to his mother's methods of simmering the perfect Sunday sauce. Uh, his process actually reminds me, he said, of my mom and how she cooked her Sunday sauce slowly over a low flame, knowing she had the luxury of being able to cook all day on a Sunday and get it just right, Andrew said. The comparison to cooking inspired the name of this new collaboration with AJ, and it's actually very similar to his approach in blending tobacco. Uh, I can see AJ is a very patient man. You know, yes. taking his time, getting it right. Sunday Gravy is a single-sized Toro that's 6 by 54 uh, In keeping with the cigar's uh, saucy theme, it goes by the name San Marzano, referencing the prized tomatoes grown in the San Marzano region of Italy. Forge Cigar Company is a distribution arm of the Canadian Tobacco Group. They'll be releasing the smokes on the 12th of August in packs of 10 that are set to retail for forty nine ninety, which is 5 bucks a cigar. So you gotta, you got to love a new diesel. Gravy, saucy, and uh, it's only five bucks. Uh, The next Sunday gravy uh, blend is expected to come out in October. So on August, one in October. We have an on Stark update about the um, about the gravy debate. No, about the previous cigar. He said Ah. uh, the uh, 125th Años is expected to start shipping around the end of October. Early November, and we'll have a retail price of twenty five per cigar. Twenty five per cigar. So per that, cigar. if I'm not that's mistaken, that will make expensive. it the most expensive La Polina there is. Yes, and that's yeah. a very expensive. Uh, uh, and Oliva's not known for pricey cigars either, so this must be something really special. I want to point out for La Polina too, their Candela. Oh, it's is wonderful. So good. It's wonderful. Like if you want to just smoke something so different but so good. Yeah. The yeah. La Polina Candela is definitely like the Candela of choice for me. Well, I've been enjoying adding this segment to the show where we talk about cigars that are coming out because one of the things, if, if you're like us, you're always looking for, you know, like what's new. And so to be able to to hear about something that's coming that's new and kind of keep an eye open for it can be a good thing. Yeah. Because you can't always, although they're very good about it, you can't always count on um, the boys over at uh, uh, Casa to do an end cap for you. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they do a good job of that. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, uh, but you know, they know there's stuff could, that they always tell me, yeah. like, hey, this is new. Have you tried this? Or, you know, that. two of my favorite places to go and just say, what am I smoking today? Uh, is Casa and Stogie's. Yeah, over Stogie's. On West Jorge's in, great like yeah, that. What absolutely. am I smoking today? Hey, what am I Oh, you got to try this. Yeah. All right. What are we drinking today? Coffee, apparently. Here is segment B. Of our stout uh, face-off, our stout blind taste test. Uh, this is uh, stout number one, segment B. This Ian. is just coffee. Well, you're right. It is almost like <laughs> it is almost <laughs> on the nose. It's almost just like a cup of coffee. This is you know, just coffee. Cold maybe, but uh, but it's like it's like uh, mm. uh, coffee with a slight beer mm-hmm. kind of nose. And it's interesting because it is coffee on the finish, but there's not as much of it up front as I was expecting. And this is also not as thick a mouthfeel as I was expecting. It drinks more like an ale um, than a uh, than a stout to me. But it is it's delicious. Nice. I do like the coffee. It's got a caramel and coffee vibe to it. A little bit carbonated. Very easy to drink. Not one of those where you go, it doesn't feel like it's boozy. It might be, but it doesn't feel like it. 
Uh, yeah, there's coffee and coffee bitter finish on that. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a thin mouth feel. It's, that's not a bad thing. It just is. Um, yeah. uh, I I enjoy it. I like it. It doesn't feel quite as big as the first two that we tried, but it's very drinkable. More crushable. It's kind of a burnt caramel in the background, yes, too. Yes, for sure. I'm making a couple of quick notes here. Thinner mouthfeel. A little more carbonation, which I would almost start to tell you that I don't want, don't like, but it seems to work in this particular beer. Any other thoughts? A very hop bitter finish to it. Mm hmm. So yeah, not, not a bad way. Hoppy. This is not a hoppy beer, but there's definitely the hops present. You can you can taste that. All right, let's move on to beer B, or I'm sorry, beer two. Beer two. Segment B. Oh, this beer is two. chocolate. Oh, chocolate bomb. Wow. Mm. If this pays off like it uh, like it smells, uh, this is going to be the chocolatiest we've had so far. Oh, that's a big silky holy cow. And it does. Wow, that's good. That is That's almost like hot chocolate, only not hot. You know that you know that creamy sort of marshmallowy flavor you get if you've had just a, a little bit of marshmallow melted into your hot chocolate. I would say marshmallow in, in general yeah, definitely it, has that. You, you get that on the finish of this in a big way. Mm. It's a big thick mouthfeel. Mm. I put thick MF. Yes, it is, it is thick. How boozy do you think this is? Does this strike you as boozy? This one strikes me as very boozy. Yeah. This is uh, this is delicious. This is definitely my, as I spill it all over the table, mm -hmm. my favorite of the two. Mm. These napkins? Uh, maybe, maybe so. Maybe grab some <laughs> napkins because Ian may lose his notes here. That would, be the, that would be the bad news. Can you still read your stout stained notes? Yes. Okay, good. Now they're more authentic. Yeah, well, that's true, and it's a good thing. Here, I can pass you some fresh paper just in case you need it. <laughs> Adam's grabbing will. some. This is, uh, this is how you know the show is live, by the way. We would edit all this out if it wasn't. Uh, but, uh, but no, that's good. Thank you, Thanks, Adam. Thanks, man. Um, thankfully, the edge of the table is ridged, so you yes. want to keep that from uh, spilling over onto you. Oh, I thought it was for her pleasure. Well, there oh, is that's that. different. There is that as well. <laughs> that's not ridged. That's ribbed, that's I believe. different word, yeah. right? I think that's right. Okay. Yeah, I can't believe I did that. All right. Well. I just knocked my pen right into it. And you uh, you were enjoying this one, though. Were you saying that I you did. think this, this is, is your favorite, favorite of the, of the segment? Two, definitely. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on this one. This is, uh, this Dude, is absolutely. I cannot win. Absolutely. Did you just crack your I cup? I just cracked my cup. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, this is what I love about this man, though. He spilled it. He's cracked his cup, but he still empties it all the way. Yeah, I wanted to make sure Take, no more of it spilled. He takes that stout down. Uh, Adam, what are we dealing with here? What was uh, <laughs> what was stout number one? Mm. Stout number one is buried hatchet. Buried hatchet. There you wow. go. So we describe this as having a little, love the buried hatchet. a little thinner mouthfeel. Uh, there's more of the second one, Ian, as Adam is taking care of you. Uh, as a good and you know, I does. tout buried hatchet is one of my favorites. Uh, yes. I'm surprised. 
Yeah. Uh, Buried Hatchet is a great style. You're right. We talk about this all the time as being a great example of the whole genre. Uh, But in this particular case, uh, we both picked the other one above it. And what was that other one? Adam. Oh, will you look at that. It's Smog City Brewing's Infinity Wishes Limited release 2021 bourbon barrel aged it imperial takes, stout. It takes Coconut. something pretty sick. Well, so here's here, here's to, uh, I mean, this is a very special bottle, of course, yes. apparently. But uh, costs probably about ten times what the can of all the time. Yeah, it costs about ten times what the can of uh, of varied hatchet costs. Um, Ian, I, I thought it's interesting. On the can, there's a or on the bottle rather, there's a little sticker that says coconut and vanilla, and neither of us said either of those two things right. when we sampled it. I get it though; like I can taste that in there. Oh yeah. So um, this one's thirteen point four percent. So you asked me if I thought it was boozy. Yeah. Thirteen point four, and you do get and, the coconut and very hatchet you... is always coming in at uh, yeah. It's 10. it's it's. I was gonna say it's no slouch either in the ABV department. So, um, I can't I can't see on here where it is. I've seen my friend Carrie get absolutely hammered on these things. Oh yeah, it doesn't take much. Yeah. Yeah, buried hatchet is. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, I don't see the ABV on here, but I know it's pretty high. It's it's ten percent ish. Yeah, buried hatchet is from Southern Star, uh, which is located right just the to Conroe. the uh, north of us here in Conroe, and uh, they're a terrific brewery. That's a great stout, but boy, it might not have been fair that it was up against this. Uh, keeping this imperial, you know. Yeah, keep in mind uh, when we say right up the road here in Texas, that's usually an hour away. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's South Dallas, as far as I'm South concerned. South Dallas, um, but uh, but no, this is this is uh, wow, a couple of really really great beers. So, all right, let me think here. Um, you know, we got more to get to here. We got drinking news coming up. Maybe I should share with you, Ian, since we have um, we have just a moment in this. Excuse me. See, I told you we're live. Uh, we have uh, just a moment in this segment, so maybe I should share with you. Uh, this uh, article on the best, the thirty best Scotch, thirty me, best Scotch, Scotch whiskey, whiskey brands. brands. Thank you very much. Uh, this is from an article from Vine Pair, and so here's how they separate them out. They actually don't rank them, but they separate them into categories. So here is the under fifty dollar category: Mossburn Speyside Blended Malt Scotch Whiskey. Are you familiar? Mm-mm. All right. The next one is Dewar's. I think it's called Mossburn, though. Mossburn is a good name, (laughs) isn't it? Yeah. That'd be a great name for like a... Uh, like the Mossburn Sluggers, like a minor league baseball team, you know? (laughs) All right. (laughs) Kind of cool. Uh, Dewar's 15-year-old blended whiskey. I don't Uh, know if I've had to 15. $41. Old Pulteney, 12 years, single malt scotch. Hadn't tried it. Uh, Average price, $45. Wimses, W-E-M-Y-S-S. So I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Wimses Malts, The Hive, blended malt scotch whiskey. Uh, Average price, $46. Uh, And now we move to the under $100 category. Anknock, 12-year-old Highland single malt scotch whiskey. I'm not familiar with this one at all. Mm -mm. Anknock is A-N-C-N-O-C. Its average price is $55 a bottle, and it's a 12-year-old Highland single malt scotch. 
Aaron Barrel Reserve Single Malt Scotch Whiskey, average price $55. I've had several different expressions of the Aaron. I've had the, the Aaron Malts, yeah, yeah, but I haven't uh, had that but one. But I, I haven't had this one at all. Uh, Brooklodic, the classic laddie, unpeated, Islay Scotch Malt. Scotch single malt Scotch whiskey. That's a mouthful. Can you say that like six times? No, I can't even say it once. <laughs> but it's the classic laddie from Brucolatic, and it is a uh, a sea green bottle, like a sea foam green nice. bottle with white lettering. Uh, I have not seen this one or tried it. It is uh, average price fifty nine dollars. Now I have had this next one, Glenfiddich Bourbon Barrel Reserve, fourteen year old single malt. I have some at home. Oh, it's so good. It is real good. It is a $59 bottle as well. Uh, there's the Glenglossa Revival Highland Single Malt Scotch Whiskey. Average price is $60, and it pays homage to the Glenglossa Distillery, which sat idle for decades before they filed up, uh, fired up the stills again and started uh, trickling out fine whiskey. We've actually talked about this. We have not had this one on the show. Mm-hmm. We've actually talked about this whiskey because of the, uh, uh, of the whole revival. Uh, here's one I've had and can heartily recommend. Uh, coming in at a price of $60 per bottle, the Glen Levitt 14-year Cognac Cask Selection yeah. Single Malt. And it is, uh, well, the influence of those Cognac Casks, like, you sort of pick that up from the get-go with this one. And it's one of the reasons it's so good. If you like fruitcake, this is a good whiskey for you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how about the Talisker 10-year-old Single Malt? I have that at home. Average price, uh, 60 bucks for a bottle. Quite good. Yeah. Uh, produced at the oldest distillery on the Isle of Skye. It's a peated single malt. The Balvenie 12 year old Double Wood. Come yes. on. That's like just one of the that's one of the all time like pleasures of life right there. Uh, it's a $65 bottle and worth every Yes, Penny. they also have the fourteen-year double wood, which yes, is which is a little almost more twice the and, <laughs> and yeah, a little more yeah. and really, really good, really good. Uh, the Ben Riach, the Smoky Twelve, Speyside single malt uh, Scotch whiskey. Have not had this. I don't have, have the Smoky Twelve. I have a Ben Riach on my shelf. But yeah, it's not the Smoky Twelve. How, is something you like? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. So like it's a sixty-eight dollar bottle. For for those listening, if you're if you're wondering, like I get this question all the time. Hey, what's a uh, what's a good Scotch? Hmm. Well, that's like saying, what's a good soda? Right. Like, uh, what do you like? Because right, right, exactly. You might like Orange Crush. You might like Cola. Go, you might like... Right. Yeah. The flavors are so across the board and just within scotch, so it's a little hard to say. The Spayburn uh, 15-year-old Speyside Single Malt Scotch Whiskey at $68 makes the Lisk. The Lisk. The Lisk. The List. <laughs> the Compass Box, The Spaniard. Blended malt scotch whiskey. I've seen that. I haven't actually uh, tried it. It's a seventy dollars bottle. Yeah, so that may explain why you haven't tried it. Like you know, you see something that looks interesting at seventy dollars. It that's a harder. It's a harder justification. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might be fantastic, and according to this, it is. How about the Glen Morangie, the Quinta Raban, fourteen-year-old mm. Highland single malt? That's a go-to. It is wonderful. The Quinta Raban and the Lasanta, and I know Lasanta's got to be on there. You know what I really like is the Spios. Spios? Yeah. Spios. <laughs> I'll never forget that. That was like one of the that greatest. spicy. Yeah, it's like wonderful. spicy in a great way. Wonderful. And I have a tale of cake at the house as well. Oh, cake is like, yeah, yeah that's, now you're talking. <laughs> now you're talking. We got we to we talk about having you bring that one in. That's it's good. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, the Port Charlotte Elay Barley 2012 Elay Single Malt Scotch Whiskey. 
Uh, brought to you by the same folks that deal steel, distill Brucolatic. Average price is $82. Uh, Johnny Walker, 18-year-old, blended Scotch whiskey, $89. That would be – now, I don't mean this in a bad way to Johnny Walker, but that would, that would be so hard for me to pick that up off the shelf, carry it to the register, and pay 90 bucks for it. So you know? we can talk about Johnny Walker for a second. Johnny Walker Red mm-hmm. is not good. Mm-hmm. Like, it is not. Johnny Walker Black's not bad. Johnny Walker Black – is drinkable. Mm-hmm. Um, Johnny Walker uh, Double Black, mm. which I have at the house, is actually quite interesting. And isn't there a blue? Johnny Walker Blue is like $250 a bottle, $230 a bottle, mm-hmm. and it's amazing. Johnny Walker 18 is pretty darn good. I've also had the gold, which is right in that same price range, which is pretty amazing. It's just tough for me to think about... Picking up and carrying a $90 bottle of Johnny Walker to the register and buying it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just something, it's a hard thing to feel. Is it like easier you're doing when you change good... the name, like a $90 Glenn Fittick or yeah, a $90? No, without question. Yeah. Right, right. Because I don't think of them in the same. I think that Johnny Walker suffers a little bit like, uh, like what Cuervo suffers from. Mm-hmm. Cuervo suffers from the fact that. They make an inexpensive liquor that everybody drinks. Everyone like has, and it's just not outstanding at all. Has some kind of uh, some kind of story. Some kind of yep. story about yep. without. Question. And then when you go buy the really expensive stuff, which is generally amazing, in my opinion, the best tequila ever. But it made. still says that still name says on it. So it's yeah. tough. It's tough sell on that. I get you know, it. the Oban 14 year West Highland single malt uh, Scotch whiskey. Uh, I have just a. Like tiny, tiny little bit of a bottle of Oban at home. Oban is great. I don't know if it was this expensive. This is an eighty-nine dollar bottle. I don't recall paying that much for it, so I may not have. Maybe a lesser. Which bottle. one is it? This is the Oban fourteen-year-old mm. West Highland. I'm trying to remember what I have. It's eighty-nine dollars, but uh, um, the Balmore fifteen-year-old uh, single malt Scotch. Uh, <laughs> um, this is what the article said. I want to read you this. Should you seek a quote-unquote approachable step into the world of peated whiskey, this should be your first destination. So, And that doesn't mean price-wise. That means mm-hmm. flavor-wise. Right. It's a $90 bottle of scotch. So, Lugavallen um, uh, Offerman Edition Guinness Cask Finish Single Malt Scotch Whiskey. I want that. That sounds wonderful. I've never seen it? that before. Ninety-three dollars. I have a lot of balloon on my shelf, but it's not yeah. that one. Yeah, that that does sound really good, though, doesn't it? Uh, Art bag, Corey Vrecken, single malt Scotch whiskey, arriving at a whopping fifty-seven point one percent ABV. The alcohol, they say, is seamlessly incorporated. It's a $95 bottle. And now, my friend, we get to the over $100 category. Mm-hmm. So let's just dream a little bit here, yeah. shall we? Uh, the Aberlore Abuna... Abunda. Abunda, thank I you. I have that on my shelf. Aberlore Abunda, Speyside, single malt scotch whiskey. How is it? Is that's, it worth 100 bucks? That's great. Is it worth 100 yeah, bucks? That's great, yeah. yeah. Uh, the Aberfeldy 16-year-old Highland single malt scotch... Single malt Scotch whiskey, Scotch, a hundred and Scotch, Scotch, Scotch. <laughs> uh, what was my favorite thing to hear him say? Um, uh, 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 the pen uh, is mightier. <laughs> the pen is mightier than the sword. <laughs> uh, you know who the new um, 
version of him is is Liam Neeson. Oh, all right. You know, it's not the the accent's not quite as thick, but I'm a I'm a man with a very particular set of skills. It's <laughs> the only good part of that movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and and quite frankly, he should say that in every single movie. Yeah. Like it would make every movie he's in better. You know? I have a very specific. I set have of a skills. very specific set of skills. <laughs> it's it's kind of like Samuel L. Jackson. I am tired of these mf and snakes on this mf and plane. It's a terrible <laughs> movie, but it's worth seeing for that line alone. I never watched that movie. Oh, it, you you have to. It, but <laughs> but but when you do, you'll want some of this Lafreg, uh, Cardias twenty twenty one Pedro Zimenez. Gorgeous. Uh, gorgeous. Is that how you say it? Thank you. I'm you're you're better with these pronunciations I than that. I am. You have that. Well, I have one of them. That's I have an older version of it. One hundred five dollar bottle. Yeah, in old, its current I, and iteration. we actually brought it on the show one time. Oh. So uh, when I looked up how to pronounce that, the the uh, Wikipedia or whatever I looked it up mm-hmm. on said it's somewhere between saying car chase and gorgeous. 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 <laughs> I love it. Uh, the Macaulay Double Cast, fifteen year old Highland uh, single malt Scotch whiskey. Uh, the Glen Ro- the Glen 18-year-old Speyside single malt Scotch yep, whiskey. That's a good one. Have you had that one? Yeah. $158 bottle. Uh, the Glendronic Allardyce, 18-year-old Highland single malt Scotch whiskey. Please tell me that isn't named after David Allardyce. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, but uh, I had that uh, uh, Glendronic 17 that we uh, brought mm-hmm. on the show at one point in time, which was amazing. This is a $190 bottle. Yeah. So, uh, The Mortlock, 20-year-old Cowie's Blue Seal single malt Scotch whiskey. At two hundred and forty dollars a bottle, we're we're getting up there now. The Brooklotic Black Art, nineteen ninety four, unpeated single malt Scotch whiskey, at five hundred and fifty dollars a bottle. That's See how all? this is climbing, uh, and and there we go. That's the end of our list. <laughs> so I'm sure you they could have gone on with you know thousand right. dollar bottles of of Scotch and stuff, but uh, that is now I don't remember the price of it. But you and I got to taste a thirty one year old. Was it Balvenie? 30-year-old. A 30-year-old, Balvenie. Yeah. That was just, I mean, wow. Yeah, it was Jonathan like Wingo luxury, uh, was running you know? that tasting, and that was absolutely it amazing. It was just wonderful. And uh, I would definitely put that at the top of the list. Yeah. What about that? You remember the uh, we had the guy on the show that was with Bob Dylan's uh, uh, Heaven's whiskey Door. company, Heaven's Door. And he had that one that was about a $400 bottle mm-hmm. that came in the uh, really nice uh, leather-bound book and stuff. That was an awfully good whiskey as yeah. well, uh, a, a bourbon, but it was spectacular. You know, and it's funny because uh, uh, like being in, this, being in the industry where we are right now, um, we get to try some of those that I would never. Right. I would never have been able to buy a bottle of that. Yeah, I just. If I had the $400, I don't know that's what I would have chosen to spend it on. I would probably buy tools, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> tools, I haven't had that. Is that a whiskey I love or a rum? Tools. <laughs> uh, that'd be a great name for like a whiskey. Tools. Right. tools. 12 year. I'm going to work on my tools. <laughs> I love it. You know, coming up in the radio industry, I always said that uh, if I uh, dropped out of it, I was going to open a bar and call it the transmitter. Because the engineer, every day around 3 o'clock in the afternoon, the engineer for the for the station would always come through the halls and go, if anybody needs me, I'll be at the transmitter. <laughs> I thought you have a built-in audience. You know? right. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, it's drinking news time. We have our, uh, is this our last round? Yeah, it is. This will be our last, last round. round of uh, stouts C. as we all uh, get into segment C and do our stout blind taste test. And then in our final segment, we'll pick our favorites of the day. You are watching and listening to Smoking and Toasting, where we've just talked about 
uh, whiskeys more expensive than I will ever be able to buy. <laughs> and Many. it's like Chris Hart's show. And we'll be right back. It is smoking and toasting. Show number 244. We are all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Our program is brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com because... Cigars. Yes. And uh, by the way, big thanks to our guest from uh, last week, John Kraft from uh, Long Drink Can Cocktails. Those were really fun Those to drink, fun. and I enjoyed them, and I'm excited to have a couple of them very, very cold in my fridge. Very, very excited about that. Um, we are uh, doing the Stout Blind Taste Test today, and it's in full effect. And so far, we've had four of our six stouts. There's two more coming. But before we get started with that, it's time, my friends, for Drinking News. Drinking News, Drinking News. Now it's time for Drinking News. Drinking News, Drinking News. Now it's time for Drinking News. A Florida man with one arm said he had a cater for a pet. When I asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, I had to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. <laughs> I love that last chord. What, what is that last chord, by the way? That's the G7. Is that a G7? Actually, it's C7. I forget because I'm, okay. uh, I'm up a fourth. So. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's that's a chord I actually even probably know how to play on the guitar. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have to remember. That. It just sounds so good at the end of drinking news theme song. Yeah. <laughs> it gives uh, it a little bit of blues. A reminder was that, that Steve, by the way. Yes. That, that Steve. <laughs> uh, no, that was that was Rowdy. That was oh, Rowdy Yates. Rowdy, gotcha. Yeah, that was Rowdy Yates. So, um, a reminder for you that drinking news, which has become inexplicably. Uh, one of the favorite segments on the program uh, is uh, all about stories that are uh, n often, but not necessarily always, about drinking, mm -hmm. but that are always best enjoyed if you've been drinking. Yes. And today's uh, drinking news takes us across the ocean where a British man... A British man... Yeah, was found naked... A British man on the island said... He oh, okay, sorry, go ahead. A British man was found naked and quite dead. Oh, by authorities in New Haven, bit. New Haven, East Sussex, England, last week, officers found him already deceased, and lying nude in his bed with something stretched across his face. Upon further investigation, it was determined that 31-year-old Gary Ashbrook had in fact died in his bed, and that what was stretched over his face and his head was. Condom. Over his face? Yes. Police determined that Ashbrook had suffocated when he pulled a condom filled with laughing gas over his face. His housemate, Michael Young, told officers that Ashbrook had been, quote, putting a condom on his head for sexual gratification, end quote, and then went on to add, I'm sure his death was an accident. <laughs> I'm trying to, like, yeah. the logistics of putting a condom on your head. Yeah, well, perhaps you could label us sexually naive here at Drinking News, but thinking about the size of a condom, even one of those magnum kind, uh, and the size of the average person's skull, 
It's just completely new information to us that something is, like is this pictures? is even possible, much less a gratification thing. No, but we do have a picture of a condom in a person's hand that shows you how unbelievable this feat would have to be. I, I can only guess if he filled it with laughing gas, it expanded, and he was able to somehow get it over Yeah, but like a balloon, it's not going to stretch the very end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, I, I mean, condoms break. Right. <laughs> I, 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 yes, I they do. I, I don't know what to say. Mm. <laughs> well, it just seems to us that it's completely new information that something like this is even possible, much less a gratification thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's a terrible mm -hmm. way to go. Mm -hmm. I will skip the obvious joke about which head the condom is designed to go over. And instead, I'll tell another one that this reminds me of at least a little bit. I first heard this as an Aggie joke. But to save the feeling of the many people that I know that listen to this program who are graduates of A&M, I'll just let you insert your own favorite not-so-bright person <laughs> into the blank. So uh, a young blank went into the drugstore to buy a condom. He took the condom up to the drugstore checkout, set it on the counter, and the uh, drugstore clerk said, well, that'll be uh, uh, $2.95 plus tax. And the blank, insert your favorite stupid person here, said, Tax? I thought you just rolled them on. And that is your drinking news. Drinking news. Drinking. How do you, how do you even find out that putting a condom over your head gives you gratification? <laughs> you got to be trying a lot of stuff <laughs> to get to that. You know what I mean? WTF, people. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Think of all the things he tried that didn't work. <laughs> you know? Drinking news. Drinking news. Nah, it's time. I mean, realistically, like you had to you had to really be searching for that. It's absolutely insane. And what's that tombstone gonna say? <laughs> here lies here lies so and so. He got dead because he could have put a condom on, on his, his head. head. And that's your drinking news. Drinking news. Drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. <laughs> now, I, I can't think of a better setup than that for uh, our final round for drinking of, stout. of drinking stout. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I've already started to talk like Sean Connery. Uh, so I suppose we're... Scotch. <laughs> Scotch. Um, yeah. Um, oh, I, I think my favorite thing to hear him say was I heard him doing a promo tour one time for a movie that he was in with... Catherine Zeta Jones. <laughs> Just hearing him say it. A very specific like, yeah, way of yes, speaking. He did. By the way, if you ever if you've never watched him in Finding Forrester, like great movie, one of the greatest movies of all time, go watch it. I'd never seen it. My wife goes, You've never seen this? And she made me sit down and watch it. Awesome movie. Finding Forrester, Sean Connery. The late Sean Connery, by the way. Um, okay, so you've already have you already taken a drink of uh, beer number one? But Not you yet. smelled it. I was smelling it. It's rich. It's vanilla and caramel. Vanilla, toasted caramel, a little bit of uh, almost like a, a, a sugary honey uh, flavor to it. Oh, this is good. Mm -hmm. This is delicious. Actually, I've really enjoyed all of the stouts we've had today. Yeah. But this is outstanding. This is like a best of the best here, though. I mean, like, holy cow. Mm. This is a vanilla, and there's something tart in there. Yes, there is. Almost like a uh, 
you know, you know what a, it's not fruity, but you know that flavor that a fruit tart has when you eat like a little piece of that fruit. It's got a little of that right on the center of the palate. I don't know. That's probably a bad description. Something tart. It could be tart cherry. Mm-hmm. Mm. Which I'm looking for now because we because totally we had the on cherry on the first one. Yeah. There's a that's, lot of vanilla, a lot of caramel. I'll, I'll tell you what, my friend, that's really good. It's got a spiciness to it too. There is a little bit. Almost like a, 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 it reminds me of a little bit of the the kind of spice of rye whiskey. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know. Does it, it doesn't really taste like a chili uh, spice. No, that's what I'm saying. It's more like a, a like a rye sort of a. That's the best thing I can think of to describe it. A sort of a rye I spice. Keep drinking it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I find that I want to keep drinking it. There's a. Um Kind of a kiss of licorice on the back end of that, too. Mm-hmm. And although I'm not a fan of licorice, it doesn't bother me at all. It's, like, perfectly balanced that's with the other flavors. Mm-hmm. All right, Adam, that's good. Oh, you've already maybe poured. That's, maybe that has, like, a, a bourbon barrel age thing going on, and that's what the spice we're getting from Is that, that. what I'm picking up? That, maybe. That kind it, of rye spice? Because it really you know? has a tart, like, oaky flavor to the mm-hmm. end, too. It really does. All right, so our final stout, and again, by holding this to only six, not only does it ensure we can probably get home all right, but it uh, it also gives us an opportunity to uh, do this again, because there's plenty, there's plenty of great stouts out there. All right, final stout of the day. Mm. This one's more coffee forward. Yeah, very different on the nose, more coffee forward. Oh, boy. A little more bubbles. It's got a. It oh, looks a little thinner in the glass than the last so one. It's so tasty, though. It's more thirst quenching than oh, the others that we've had. It's a bigger mouthfeel than it looks like. Mm-hmm. It looks thinner in the glass, mm-hmm. but it's a bigger mouthfeel. More carbonated than some. But they're small bubbles. Yes, they are. And it's very refreshing. It's still CO2 bubbles, but they're small bubbles. Mm-hmm. It's mm. um it's got a crisp kind of bitterness to the finish. Mm-mm. All right. I like it, but I'm gonna tell you uh number one is impossible to beat in this yeah. case for me. Number one I'm is gonna, just I'm that was just too that. good. With that you was on that. too good. And it I might like be that we one. just tried those in the wrong order, too. Right. It could be if we tried this one first and then the one that was number one, it would have been uh, it would have been a different story. All right. Oh, I'm ready was, for the reveal. Tough. All right. Reveal time, Adam. This is number one. All right. It's gigantic brewing company's most premium Russian imperial stout. And look, in 2021 rye barrels. Rye barrels. How about that? Nailed that. Wow. But that's where that spiciness came yeah, from. Yeah, right. You and, said but, it. Because like you said, it wasn't a, a pepper spiciness. It was a, it was more of a rye spiciness. So that was our number one. We uh, aged uh, most of premium of Russian too. imperial stout and variety barrel scotch rye uh Rum and port. The sticker on the crown identifies which barrel this beer was aged in. So this was the right. So rye this is, and barrel. we've actually had uh, the one that was aged in Scotch barrels. We've had on the yeah, show before, okay. and it was quite good too. But this one is spicier. Yes, because of the rye. 
Interesting. All right, Adam, our final stout is, oh, you mentioned these guys earlier. Hold the spoon. The brewery. Hold the spoon. It's the Black Chocolate Cake Imperial Milk Stout with Cacao Nibs, Cocoa Powder, Salt, and Vanilla. Uh, and that it's salt was giving it that crisp bitter. 8.5%. Yeah. Hold the spoon. I like that. So black cho dark chocolate cake is what it's uh, designed to be. Mm. And now, of course, I'm picking up those flavors in it. Isn't it funny how suggestible Just, yeah. the palate can be? You know? Yeah. It's one of the reasons when you go to a, a, an expensive restaurant and you read the menu, it's one of the reasons they're so... Colorful and descriptive, descriptive. yes, yeah. because they're preparing your palate to look for these flavors in a particular dish that they've made, and it's kind of the same way in this. Like, I enjoyed this beer, I very much liked the taste, but I didn't pick up on this whole dark chocolate cake thing. But now I totally taste that. It's just the power of suggestion, I guess. You know what I mean? Well, think about how shocking it can be when you pick up a drink and you're expecting, say, Coca Cola and a Sprite, right. And it's not that it's bad, but man, that's shocking and crazy. Right, it's isn't a completely it? different thing than your palate was prepared for. So, wow. Well, I first of all, I will say there has there has not been anything less than delicious in the six stouts that we've tried today. They've all been spectacular. So I picked uh, starting from segment A. I picked one segment B. I picked two segment. Uh, C, I picked three, and I'm going to sit there, and I'm going to uh, put you these. You three? And which did you pick in segment I put, three? I'm sorry, I picked one again. Okay. And I'm going to take these three, segment one, segment two, and segment uh, segment A, segment B, and segment C winners, and I'm going to taste those okay. and pick so my favorite out I'm of the I'm going to need a little of the Matryoshka in order to do that, because I think I finished that one. So can I grab a cup from you, Adam? So you're going to oh, face your so favorite three off. Right? So good, Cherry. Thank Bond. you. Uh, you're going to face your favorite three off and then decide. Uh, or you're going to. Well, but so but is that going to be City. your favorite three? Because it could be one of the ones that didn't come in number one. Could also make your list, you know? Mm -hmm. All right. We're going to figure this out. Well, we're going to take a break. I'm, I'm picking my favorite out of the three segments. Yeah. And then I'm going uh, and I'm putting those up against each Are other. Are any of the ones that place second in your segments worthy of your final list or did you like your, your all top these beers ones were the best? great yeah like i have to tell you all of them are great my least favorite was probably the matryoshka it's which, too hoppy which was my favorite of that segment it's too hoppy all right so all right we're going to figure this out we'll be back ian and i will have our favorite three of the entire show in our blind stout <laughs> taste test and uh we'll be right back it's smoking and toasting like, I'm really confused now. I am too. Yeah, Matrix goes my least favorite. Welcome back and hold the spoon. Uh, you are checking out Smoking and Toasting. It's the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Our Stout Blind Taste Test today, uh, today on show number 244. And we are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com because... Cigars. Yes, check them out. I have a question out. for you. Yes. What is the process yeah? that your brain grow, goes through when yeah. you look at a condom and you think, man, 
I could put that over my head. It would be so hot. <laughs> <laughs> I just these are these are among the many things. I mean, call me unadventurous, but I just don't understand. I, I I don't know how you get there. Like like one day you're you know just like I don't know, looking through girly magazines or whatever, and the next you're pulling a condom over your head. I, okay, I don't understand. I, like, with laughing gas in it. <laughs> I, well, yeah, of course. You know what would make this better? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. just so happen this to is, have this canister of what is amyl nitrate or whatever it's called. I just called. want to say, ladies and gentlemen, is this is why we it? bring you drinking news. <laughs> because if we didn't, you might never know that people... And, and let me just say, as David Letterman was so skilled at saying on his show over the years, ladies and gentlemen, do not try this at home. All right, stop for a second, because I want to point something out. Like you've seen on the late night shows and other things where the guy takes Stupid a human rubber glove. Oh sure, Howie Mandel used to do that. And used to put the rubber it glove over his head and then inflates and then it, it. Right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, but that's a rubber off, glove. I can't it's get a, to go around your wrist. I can't get a freaking rubber glove on my hand. I'm, right. I have somewhat abnormally large hands, but I can't get the damn things on my hand without ripping. Yeah. Right. So and the condom. The aperture is not even the same size as a rubber glove. This is the whole point of like why this is such an absurd story. <laughs> I'm just it, if it said he had a garbage bag over his head, you wouldn't have thought twice about it. Right, right. But it was a condom. And and a garbage bag full of laughing gas would at least be hilarious. Right, right. <laughs> uh, and, and But at some point, this man reached the point in his life that in order to achieve gratification... <laughs> what is happening? He needed to... Find a condom and place it over his head, uh, filled with laughing gas. Uh, that's that's undignified. Yeah, I mean, naked. It's not a way you want to be found by the paramedics. Naked, naked that's with for a sure. condom over your head. Uh, yeah, uh, base. We have a uh, nude male. Uh, looks to be about thirty-eight years old, uh, with a condom on his head. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, like that's right. that's a that's a bad way to die. That's like the guy who put a bunch of uh, balloons on a chair. Yes, you know that's yeah. like that, that. You remember the Darwin Awards? Yes, that, uh, uh, I right love there. the Darwin Awards. <laughs> By the way, there's a great little book of like single panel <laughs> cartoons. Uh, I actually own this. It's somewhere in my boxes of books, but uh, uh, do check it out. It's called Unpleasant Ways to Die, <laughs> and it's uh, it's similar to what you're talking about. I have about. a great coffee table book that's just called Things That Might Kill You. Oh, and I love like this. And it's like the worst case scenario of everything. Oh, I love this. I've, <laughs> I've got a bump this. on my arm. <laughs> well, it could be, and it's like the worst case scenario. I uh, love it. I love it. All right, Ian, uh, let's uh, let's get to it. We have uh, We have forestalled long enough. Um, favorite three stouts of the six we've tried today. Man. I know you're putting them back-to-back -back here. First, let me just say there wasn't a there wasn't anything no, we had today great. that I would not buy again. They're all great. They're all fantastic. Okay. My least, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, my least favorite is the uh, uh, Matryoshka. Now, that and was the second beer in the second first beer segment, segment A. a okay? Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and the reason is because it's very hoppy. Now, some people might love that hops. There might and, be some people that like that. And, uh, and they might really just love that hops in a stout. And those people are wrong. But... <laughs> 
No, I'm just teasing. Everyone... I love how inclusive you are. <laughs> Everyone has their own uh, uh, taste. That right. one to me, I just, I, I'm not a big fan of the big hops in there. Now, that being said, if you serve that to me, that's a very drinkable beer. Right. You're not, if, if you so, come over to the house and I pour this for you, you're going to enjoy it. You're not this gonna... is like, this is like your least favorite money. Like, it's all good. <laughs> right? Like, I'm not turning it down. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I'd rather have quarters than pennies, you yeah. know? It's like your, your least favorite episode of Friends. They're all funny. Right, right. You know? Yeah. So the bottom line is uh, all these beers are so good, so I'm not I'm not mm. hating on that beer. It's a great beer. Oh. But I will tell you, out of, out of all six, mm -hmm. my number one, 100%, is that Smog City. Okay, so Smog City is your number one. What's your number two? My number two out of everything is going to be the uh, Gigantic. Uh, the barrel, um, the, uh, uh, the, the rye, rye barrel. barrel. Uh -huh. Yeah, the Gigantic right. is fantastic. I just tasted all these. And then number three is definitely the uh, Cherry Bomb from Prairie, oh, from Prairie, Prairie Arsenal, Arsenal, which is also right. quite good. And i got to tell you, number two and three were neck and neck. Mm, interesting. So good, but, but I like the But the spicy. standout for you was the Smog City. Standout for me was Smog City. This Infinite Wishes is mm -hmm. unbelievably good. All right, so I'm going to go mine in three, two, one. Uh, my number three was the one beer you were actually a little negative about, was the uh, Matryoshka. Okay. Uh, this was uh, from Fort George. It was a little hoppier. It was 12.8%. Uh, I thought it was wonderfully boozy. And to me, the hops just blended perfectly with everything. They didn't like stand out and detract from the stouty things that were going on in the beer. Gotcha. So I liked it a lot. I, I thought it was my number three. Uh, my number two was your Smog City, the one you picked as number Smog one. Smog City, so good. Uh, it was a really delicious beer. Infinite Wish is the name. And we've had another Smog City beer on the show before. It was also a stout, as I recall, and I believe we went uh, pretty crazy over it as well. Uh, number one for me was the Gigantic um, the one that was aged in the rye barrels, to me, that was just like, wow. If you want to put everything that is great about a stout into one one beer, it would be that. I want to give But it I'll tell you, I'll buy more of this Buried Hatchet on the way home. I mean, it's just, I want to everything give we had was so good. An honorable mention to Buried Hatchet because Buried Hatchet, out of everything here, Buried Hatchet is the one beer that is not seasonal, not special release, not anything. Right. This is, is not a limited release bomber. At all times right. yep. in the Houston and uh, Texas area, it is available at all times as it, what it is, and it stands up to every one of these. All right, so we got to make it our mission to get the Southern Star Boys on the show because we do. that really is we do, we do. A, a, a wonderful, wonderful beer. And to be known, like to be a brewery and to be known, and they are also known for their Bombshell Blonde. Bombshell Blonde's a great yes. beer. Uh, but to be known as widely as they are for their stout, I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive, you know? So many breweries are known for their IPA, or they're known for their great blonde ale, or, you know what I mean? But these guys, and I the bet, Buried Hatchet, you, you find people are reverent about it. I bet. It. We're putting up so many beers that are these super special releases mm -hmm. that they're doing all these special things. And then we put... Your something you can buy right off, every day, right off the shelf, and every in the day, convenience stores in a lot of cases. Yeah. And I'm willing to bet they make a barrel aged version of that. Um, well, what is, is they make a barrel aged version of that? It's called Black Crack. Yeah, I was going to say, what's Black Crack? And I bet right? Black Crack would have would have been 
even uh, uh, almost even more fun in this case. Yeah, you know? yeah, it probably would have. But I'm, I'm super proud of I'm super proud of the boys because that's a great beer. Well, what a fun show this was! Not only did we have some excellent rum, but we had really six very very good. Like in almost all the blind taste tests we've done, there's been one or two that were a dud. In this case, there was there were no duds. Uh, Bruce Stark brings up a logistics question. Yes. How did he keep the laughing gas in the condom? I have no idea. I, I don't know how any of this happened. <laughs> and and even beyond that, I don't know how he found it arousing, you know? Uh, like I, I I don't I don't know. I'm I'm completely befuddled by this entire story, which is why I chose to share it with you on Drinking News, because I thought this is one of the strangest things I've ever Maybe heard. Maybe you heard a story about someone doing this. Maybe. Maybe you heard it on Drinking News on some other show. I don't know. I don't know. But but again, this takes me back to my favorite David Letterman saying, ladies and gentlemen, do not try this at home. <laughs> do not try yeah. this at uh, home. Let me just emphasize that once again. Uh, Ian, uh, I hate that we missed out on Trey Boring, but this turned into a very fun show. I loved all the stouts, and I know you did because I know this is... You know, this is close to your heart, this yeah. style of brewing. So uh, uh, so I want to say uh, thanks to Adam, our producer, for pouring these and for doing a really good job of matching them up against each other. Yes, yes. Uh, which he had to do before awesome. he'd even tasted them. So that was uh, that was really well done. Uh, and As, I as a say, parting statement, I just want to say there will be no stout left behind. No stout will be... Uh, Without meeting its stout destiny by the end of today. That sounds like a perfect idea. <laughs> I know I have some people waiting outside the door to taste these stouts as well. So they're just waiting for us to end the show. Come on, come on. Uh, thank you, uh, everybody, for uh, joining us for this program. Next week, a debate which has been raging between my partner on the show and myself for a long time. Martinis, over, martinis or kangaroo boxing? Martinis or, or vodka martinis. Uh, we will bring it to an end next week. I'm not saying he and I are going to agree. In fact, I fully don't expect it. But we'll have a hell of a lot of fun uh, trying to contrast and compare. And we'll be joined by our very good friend, uh, Chris Morris, who is uh, always a joy to have on the show. Oh, he's a blast. And is our cocktail We've expert. We've got a lot of Chris Morris this year. We have. This is the third time he'll be on the show in and, one year. And, you know, I think the show is better for it. That's right. Last year, the guy we had on three times was Alan Denning. <laughs> so, uh, Egad. <laughs> thank you for joining us for Smoking and Toasting. Please come back here again for show number 245, the great Smoking and Toasting Martini Challenge. Have a great week, my friend, and I salute you with stout and rum. And uh, cheers, y'all. Cheers, y'all. I was trying to fit it in somewhere on the show.